1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
2: Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they pick a cult hero from the past to lead the line, or will they go for a young whippersnapper from the modern era? It's totally up to them, because it's their best 11. Our guest today is a brilliant actor. He starred in a number of top films and series, including The Firm, White Lines, and he was fantastic as Sergeant Waldron in Line of Duty. It is, of course, the brilliant Danny Mays. He's a mad Leighton Orient fan. Danny, welcome to your best 11. Can you start by telling us why you support Orient?
3: Geographically, uh, Leighton Orient is the closest team to where we grew up in. We jump on the central line and we were like, how many stops is it? Seven stops and you're in Leighton. So um, the only exception is my older brother just above me, Jonathan. He's a West Ham fan, but everyone else in the household including my dear old mum we were all diehard uh, Leighton Orient fans. I mean, I, I didn't really have a choice, really. I mean, my dad just dragged me along there and, <laughs> and, and that was it. I mean, I, I do remember as a very young kid toying with other clubs, as you do, you know, because you're attracted to, you know, the football kit or whatever it is. So I think I remember at one point supporting Liverpool and then I liked Newcastle because I liked the black and white kit. And then, and then I really uh was thinking about Tottenham for a long time and then slowly but surely the O's just uh, yeah grabbed me and then that was it. I haven't looked back.
4: I would say Tottenham, West Ham and Orin are that Bermuda triangle for where you come from, aren't they, Danny? You could <laughs> you could have fallen anywhere yeah. in the middle
3: of that. I could have, yes, I could have. But I mean um it's great being an, an O's fan. You know we've had we've had ups and downs. You know there always seems to be uh sort of drama along the way. We've, You know, we've played in playoff finals. We went down to Cardiff at one stage. And, um, I mean, sadly, we've lost both our sort of playoff finals, didn't we? And then we had the takeover with our Italian chairman, which didn't go so well. And then, obviously, we were relegated out of the football league completely. And then we had the great Justin Edinburgh that brought us back. So, I mean, I guess any football fan could say that about their club. Mm. It's always... You know, you've always got ups and downs, but it's about um, sticking with them, you know, and, and and seeing it through.
2: It's interesting you said that. It's Obviously, it's a, it's a family thing for you. Like you say, your dear old mum supports uh, Leighton Orient. But what were your first uh, football memories, Danny? Was there an FA Cup final or something like that or a World Cup? What do you first remember about football?
3: Oh, the first football memories, I would say, I mean, look, I mean, it was always a huge event, you know a world cup or a Euro European championship. So, I mean, yeah. my mum and dad, lo- loads of friends. They're really gregarious. And it, uh, my dad would, he would always make a sort of uh, a bar in the sideway. And we'd put up the big TV and we'd have a barbecue and everyone around the house. So I'd say probably my earliest nice. memories was world cups. Definitely. Italian 90 was a massive yeah. Um, yeah. A, a memory for me, you know, Gascoigne and, And, uh, you know, although the the game against Cameroon and and Lineker just scoring left, right and centre. So, um, yeah, I think uh, definitely the Italia 90, I would say. I
4: think you arrived at a good one there, Dan, didn't you? Because that was, we've talked about this on the show before, As a momentous tournament that one was, wasn't it? The football took off.
3: Oh, I mean, it was, I mean, it's the closest, well, we got to uh, the semis, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, In the last World Cup. I mean, with that group of players at Italia 90, when you look back at them, I mean, Lineker did that uh, programme about it. Um, I watched it in lockdown. You know, they were sort of so close, weren't they? They did have the nucleus of an amazing team. And I mean, it's amazing that that was the only World Cup, right, that Paul Gascoigne ever played in. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? I think I am. Yeah. And he was, yeah. he really yeah. came to the fore then and he just announced himself on the world stage and he just dictated the pace of the game, didn't he? He was uh, in his prime in that World Cup. And, uh, you know, you had Paul Parker at it... the back and, you know, Stuart Pierce. So it was just a brilliant group of players uh, led by. Arguably the greatest manager of all time in in Bobby Robson.
2: He, he did a he did a magnificent job. He was under huge pressure at the time, Mark, as well, wasn't he? So people forget about Bobby Robson, though. He kind of uh, he'd been he says he'd been forced out. Really, he, he'd, he'd said that he was finishing. That was his last World Cup, wasn't it?
4: They had done that. To, it was like it's like with Venables as well, wasn't it? You just get the sense that there was two those yeah. two managers should have been given yeah. that bit more time. But I think the panic button was hit twice on those occasions. Right.
3: You imagine with both those managers, they just galvanised their players. They were like managers that, if you was a player in those teams, you'd want to perform for them. You know, they had great uh, managerial skills, didn't they? And 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 one-on-one with players, I I imagine both him and Venables were were brilliant, weren't they?
2: It's amazing how many people have talked about Paul Gascoigne, but you know he was so important for them growing up. But he himself says Gascoigne, Bobby Robson, and him had a, a very unique relationship, and Bobby Robson allowed him to be what he. What he could be, didn't he really? He allowed him to be what he'd be, knowing that he was a lad with huge potential, but you know, he needed careful management, didn't he?
3: He did indeed, yeah. I also read an amazing uh, piece on him. I mean, obviously, Gascoigne, after the injury that he sustained, didn't he? Was it 1991 in the FA Cup final with Tottenham? Um, that was such a horrific injury for him to go through. Um, the first time I ever appeared on Soccer AM, I remember, um. You used to go on with like someone from the music industry, like a band, an actor and a sports person and then or a footballer or whatever it was. And then um, the producers phoned me up the night before and said, we've got an absolute England legend for you, Danny, that you're going on with. And I had to go through and guess who it was. And it was Paul Gascoigne (sighs) himself. And I phoned up my uh, I phoned up my little brother and I was like, listen, I'm going to be on with Paul Gaskell. And He went, oh, you've got to bring me along. So I phoned up and my little brother Ryan, he came along with me and we were sitting there in the uh, waiting room there in uh, in Sky TV. And then um, he just sort of bowled in and he had like peroxide hair and he had a huge bag of like um, shirts. He was just signing and giving them out to everyone and. Uh, he was amazing, though. It was just to, to sort of sit next to him and chat with him. He was um, absolute legend.
2: That's fantastic. It's a great story, and it's quite nice actually to hear that that's what he was like because that's what you'd want.
4: Paul well, Laskin. you, you want like, to be in,
2: like Santa Claus? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with a load of shirts to sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Just, he was a bit like <laughs> I mean, as soon as that show finished, though, like all of the audience, they were just all around him, and yeah. he, was, he actually signed. I remember wearing a late in Orion, uh one of my Latin Orient shirts, and um, I've got it. He signed the front of it, so I've got it upstairs in the wardrobe somewhere. Ah, that, but, may, um, that may
4: crop up nice. in conversation later on in, oh, our, in, okay. in the show. I think, Dan. Those sounds of it, <laughs> yes. Yes, I peeked too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably got taps. <laughs> <tons. No, no. laughs> <You don't>, yeah,
2: <laughs> Danny. I was just going to ask you, um, what's the first game you went to? Do you remember what, what
4: it
3: was? I I, um, I can't remember what the other team. Was but I do remember the first time being over at Brisbane Road at the O's, and I was in uh, the west side. It was it wasn't a night game; it was a daytime game. And uh, the reason why I remember it was it was as soon as Orient scored, everyone just erupted around me, and I just got freaked out and burst out crying.
1: <laughs> been, every
3: every all my brothers and my dad were all jumping around. Really jubilant. And I, I so I must have been young, right? I must have been, yeah. what, five or six? 22, or like 23. That. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a couple of months ago. Um, so I, I can't remember what it was, but another really early uh, Orient memory was going over there. And it must have been a cup game because they were playing against Nottingham Forest. And I remember uh, Brian Clough on the touchline. And he had that iconic... Um, green jersey yeah. do you remember you used to wear that green yeah, jersey yeah like, like goalie yeah, top yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing yeah. yeah yeah and I do remember the Orient fans singing out to him and he gave us a thumbs up but I couldn't I do because he's again you're talking about an absolute legend wasn't he and an amazing manager and personality so I do I can still see visualising there in that green jumper on the touchline um, so that was another really early Fantastic. memory
2: that's brilliant. Do you remember who your favourite player was as a kid?
3: Um, I, as a kid, there was a, they had a centre midfielder called Steve Castle. He was like a sort of brilliant man, mountain of a player. He, and he got all over the pitch. He was fantastic. Matty Lockwood was a, a right back. I think he was. He Matty was another favourite player of mine. Yeah. And and more and more recent times, I was a big fan of Dean Cox as well. So. They, would, they were, I guess they are the three... I don't, I've got to say John Sitton as well, because I know John, and John was a, a, a brilliant sort of centre-back for the O's as well. So um, I guess they would be the four players that really stick out in my mind. John, yeah?
4: Sitton, John, John Sitton once met, never forgotten,
3: I would say. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I played a... Um, I did a play at the National Theatre called The Red Lion. It was a Patrick Marber play. And... Um, I was playing a sort of wheeler dealer type um manager. There was only three actors in it, like a kit man, a young player and the and the football manager who i played and it was a brilliantly written play and i was I was sort of um doing the research for it and I just and I obviously remember John from his infamous Orient yours for a Fiverr documentary and there was a lot of that yeah. of John sitting in the character i thought <laughs> on twitter and i and then I just reached out to him on twitter and then um we got talking and I actually ended up getting John to come in and watch one of the rehearsals. And he, and he just sort of spoke to us really and gave his insight into the game. So he was brilliant. And he came along to see the production when, when we finally got it up and running. So, um, yeah, he's such a character. You're right. Once you meet him, you certainly don't forget him. Yeah, that's for sure. Getting notes of, of John what's sitting what's the, in
2: the theatre. What's the good yeah. expression? Uh, I bring you dinner. Yeah.
4: Bring you dinner. <laughs> wouldn't it? That was was yeah, that yeah. the thing? Bring you
2: dinner.
4: <laughs> All the time that you've been obviously while you're going to football there you've you've done Italia Conti as as a as a youngster then you've done Rada have you managed did you manage as a young as a young actor training actor to keep the football going as well
3: what going along to watch the game yeah Uh, I did yeah I mean I it's 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 difficult for me because um, you know I never know really where I'm going to be I mean over the last couple of years I've sort of been very busy so it's it seems to be like my experience of my football watching has been in fits and starts. Do you know what I mean? Cause I'm sometimes I'm out of the country or wherever it is. So wherever I can fit a game in and it's just a great social event as well. Cause it's not only my dad and my brothers, but my cousins are all those fans, Patrick and Ray, and they've all got kids now. And it, and it's, you know, it's definitely, I mean, Leighton Orient is, First and foremost, a brilliant family club, isn't it? So um, just that chance to yeah. meet up with everyone and have a pint before the game or after and just enjoy the experience together.
2: What were your match with rituals when you were a kid, Danny? What do you remember about going with, with, your, with your folks and your brothers?
3: Uh, I can remember... Growing up uh, a lot of time with, like, a group of friends, Stephen Holding and all my mates, and we used to go over on the east side and um, we'd always, I mean, we were quite small then, we'd always used to get there early so we could sit on the wall of the east side and watch all the players warm up and occasionally a ball would sort of, you know, roll over to us and we'd jump down and kick it back to them, to the players, but... um, (sighs) Not necessarily rituals now. I mean, rituals now is just drinking copious amounts of pint. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the ritual nowadays watching Orient is we go go and watch that and then we go to the cricketers in South Woodford, which is my my dad's local, yeah, and we go back there and talk about the game. Well, certainly not now, obviously, in lockdown. But, um, yeah, hopefully that will come back soon.
2: So it seems to Danny, Daniel, you should say this. You don't. You've never sort of like ever gone hospitality. Have they sort of had you in the uh, in the nice bit since you've become very successful, or do you still uh, like to I, go I, in
3: I, with your dad and? Yeah, I'm not, do you know what I did I'm, I'm, I get a, an invitation to from the chairman to go um, uh, into the hospitality suite, uh, and I and then I was I think I was filming White Lines, or I was away, and I should definitely try and follow that up. But, yeah, we've got into the hospitality a few times. um, But we're always, um, yeah, over the East stand now. So, um, we've all, all, you know, just keeping it real, as they say. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I like to be in amongst the crowd, really, because you just get that banter, really. I mean, the best ever game over the Orient I ever saw was the 1-1 draw against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. It was um, Tahore scored in the final minutes to equalise. And it was an absolute sellout, as you could imagine, over Brisbane Road. And um my younger brother Ryan managed to get a handful of tickets. And um we were we were right next to the Arsenal fans in the uh, in the east side, and there was a bit of sort of tarpaulin that was just separating us. And um I sat down like that and the game started, and um Rzitzky, I think, scored for Arsenal and they went one 0 up anyway. To cut a long story short, I got recognised from the telly, didn't I, by this, all these Arsenal fans. And that was it. it. It ensued 90 minutes of banter of them taking the absolute mick out of me saying, you're a shocking actor, you can't act, um, you're terrible. And it was I was just sitting there one nil down having to endure this sort of abuse. And I was like, oh, I can't believe this. And then, obviously, Tahure equalised, well, I jumped over the tarpaulin. <laughs> <laughs> was just, I've never, ever celebrated a goal as much as that day. It was absolutely phenomenal feeling, yeah. And then we went back to the Emirates and got smashed 6-0. Whatever, <laughs>
4: but, whatever. Yeah,
2: it
3: was doesn't a golden matter.
4: moment. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I think piece of tarpaulin wasn't going to keep you down, was it? No, Dan. No no, no no. It's no, beautiful no, 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 when a,
2: right. when you really want your team to score to sort of prove something and they do it. There's nothing like it, is there?
3: The most amazing feeling and um, <laughs> big Terry Farr was with us, he had his ponytail, that had gone out, he said all his hair was everywhere, and it was just wonderful. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, well played, sir. Well played. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. This is the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport.
0: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Ever
5: catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Best
4: Eleven Podcast with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster.
2: Have you got a favourite piece of memorabilia or memento that you've got that's kind of like special to you, like a scarf or a badge or something?
3: Well, going back to what we mentioned earlier, it's it's a... When I did meet Paul Gascoigne when I did Soccer AM, I, I, I remember wearing my Orient shirt on the sofa and I and I got Paul Gascoigne to sign it. So, yeah, it's up there in my wardrobe somewhere. But, I mean, um, my older brother Paul used to religiously keep all of the programmes. You yeah. know, he, he was... He was an avid collector of programmes, my uh, my older brother Paul. So um I was never really a die hard sort of fan like that, but he used to always, you know, keep them all in order and and stuff like that. I've also got a signed Chelsea shirt by um oh who's the oh, his name's gone. Who's the, the the defender? Um came from Bolton and now he's gone to Crystal Palace. Oh Gary Cahill. Gary, Gary Cahill. Cahill. Yeah. No, Gary Cahill, Cahill. Yeah. yes. Oh, completely slipped. So I um, managed to get hospitality suite at Chelsea for a contact and um, we watched uh, a Chelsea home game and then we got befriended by Gary Cahill's family and they said, do you want to come back and meet him? And um, that he was so lovely to my young son, Milo, who's a Chelsea fan. So, um, yeah, he's got his signed Cahill shirt as well. We both got a sign football show.
4: It's worth pointing out at this stage because this often happens, is the is the parent who let their kid get away. And Milo <laughs> So tell us about that then, Danny. How did that happen? You took your eye off the well... ball.
3: <laughs> Well, my wife is a Chelsea fan. Oh. Um, I think I think just despite me, like he does in most things in life, uh, um, he, he went, no. I mean, I think as soon as he saw Chelsea, he was like, I mean, let, let's compare the two teams, Toronto and Chelsea. You know, what are you going to go for? European nights <laughs> or not? Um, so he he's, he he likes his Chelsea, yeah. So I mean, you have to just go with it, I suppose. glad oh, fair Peter.
2: Well, but listen, he's gone with his mother. Have you got um? Have you got a favorite player now, Danny? Have you got a player that you really like in, in the current team?
3: Who's my favorite footballer now? I mean, you can't look past Messi, can you? Really, in terms of uh, his ability on the ball and all that sort of stuff. I mean, as a kid, my favorite ever player was was uh, um, Maradona. I mean, I was like most kids of my. Generation, I would imagine myself, you know, being Diego Maradona in the playground. So, I mean, I like flair players like that. You know, I've always been a... Been a I mean, I, I I always used to play... I was like a sweeper for Loughton Boys. I was a defender growing up. But I always loved watching flair players who could dribble past people. So, obviously, Maradona was the greatest at that, or arguably like Messi is nowadays. So, currently... And i tell, I tell you who the other player I really love growing up... Um, there's a bit, bit of a story to this. I used to love watching David Ginola. I used to do a lot of uh, oil painting as a kid as well. And my dear old uncle, Walt, who's no longer with us, he was uh, best friends with Harry Redknapp. They used to go to school together. So uh, back in the day when Harry was the manager of West Ham, uh, Walt phoned me up and said, look, I think he was moving to Bournemouth or somewhere in his holiday home, Harry. And he said, look, I want to, I want to give him like a moving in gift, a housewarming gift. Would you, you know, paint a, a, a portrait of Harry Redknapp and uh, I'll take you to a few West Ham home games. And And I was like, yeah. So I ended up, it took about two months, this portrait of, of Harry Redknapp. But I uh, mean, took me to West Ham Spurs. And, uh, and that was the greatest ever performance from any one player I ever saw was, mm was that day of David Ginola, who was on the wing, who absolutely terrorised the West Ham defence. So I used to love watching David Ginola. And I guess, so what was it, Messi, Ginola. And I also love sort of watching Roy Keane. I love Roy Keane as a pundit so much. I think I appreciate him even more as a player, if that makes sense. So they would probably be the three favourite players of mine. I do
4: like the contrast there. Ginala, Messi, (laughs)
3: Maradona,
4: and and then
3: Roy Keane. (laughs) He was a phenomenal player, wasn't he? he, Different qualities. He was.
2: Fantastic. Different qualities, admittedly
3: different qualities. (laughs) He used to to just drag that team over the finishing line, didn't he? Just unbelievable. And he just didn't suffer fools, did he? So, have you ever met him in person?
2: I have. I've worked with Roy. He was at um, Forest and he was Martin O'Neill's assistant. So,
1: I was in charge of the... um,
2: of the the media and comms with him and um, he's very funny actually, tells a really good story and I don't think I've ever met anybody that loves football like him, he would sit and talk football for hours and hours and hours, he's just, he is football if you know what I mean (laughs) so you can just see it's his life totally, you know,
3: totally his life, but he's funny he's got a good sense of humour You you had to interview him a few times for, for the media then?
2: Well, he was hilarious because he said to me, "I'm not doing any media, Johnny." I was like, "Okay." So that was it. I never
3: had to yeah. interview before.
5: Right, <laughs> he, okay, sort of, yeah. <laughs> he was just sort He
3: was just kind of behind get, the scenes talking. You never want your mobile phone to go off if you are interviewing him. Have you ever no. seen that? Oh. Clip when the journalist's phone goes off. <laughs> oh, I that freaks
2: me up. That. Yeah. Yeah. I know, and he doesn't, and he doesn't knock it off, does he? And he goes, "Are you going to knock that off?" You yeah, like, yeah, like a, yeah. <laughs> you're just going to leave it a ring.
4: It's almost—it's uh, almost like he—he he got tutored by Brian Clough or something, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and Alex, yeah, Alex Ferguson and
4: Brian. Clough oh, and they're exactly. They're yeah, role models. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to ask that, because <laughs> you, you mentioned in. there your—I mean, you mentioned you know your players, your low center of gravity. You're—you're you're a long one. I, What was your what was your yeah. football like? I could see you. I could see you at the back tidying up.
3: Got no, literally no pace at all, really. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I had a sort of, it was quite tough because my two older brothers, Paul and Johnny, were exceptionally good footballers. And my younger brother is a great footballer as well. So we were, and we all played for Loughton Boys in Essex. And, um, but, you know, particularly my older brother, eldest brother, Paul, he was very good. So they were really, you know, difficult boots to fill. Um but I ended up becoming captain of and Boys. But I was I was very I was always a good passer of the ball. So you'd have the the yeah. I mean, I used to just sweep up at the back and yeah, get get the attack going. But um yeah, no pace, no pace at all. But good in the air.
2: Dan, have you got a, have you got a, a favorite? Are you a Lake Norian kit man in the sense? Do you buy kits every year to take on holidays, or have you got a specific kit that you like?
3: Not really. No, I did. Um, <laughs> My daughter came with me just before lockdown over the Orient, and um, we ended up buying her a football. I mean, she's got to buy something as soon as she leaves the house. She's <laughs> she's, she's, she's going to be a late in Orient fan, so she's got the shirt already. But um, I never really collected the kits as such. Really, uh, no, that wasn't. I, I wasn't really into that.
4: But you do have that one with Gascoigne's signature got, on it. Yeah, so you got Gascoigne one. Pride of place, it's, yes.
3: What? Yeah, it's a sort of, I can't even remember what year it is. It's the sort of retro Orient kit with the red V going down. Yeah, it. And I, I can't remember from oh, what yeah. year that's from. It's quite, I mean, I'd say that's probably Orient's most iconic uh, kit, really. Um, you know the one I mean? You know the yes. one I'm talking about?
4: I do. Yeah, it's yeah. There's been that's variations been of a favorite. theme over that one over the decades, hasn't there? Yeah, I know it. Yeah. It has.
3: Yeah. 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 That's
2: not a bad one to have with me, is it? With Gascoigne signature on the front. Like no,
3: you said. no, no. It was a good one. It was
2: a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, what's your, have you got? A team that you like that's not Orient? Have you got another team, that's sort of a second side almost? You've you know?
4: given us plenty of options, by the way. Thus far, you know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he's got. He's got. He's got. He's got, uh, he's, got a, he's got a lot of players that he likes. I'm
2: just thinking of a team. Yeah.
3: I, um, if I had to pick, I mean, if I'm going to go for a Premier League side, like I mentioned, I, it would be Spurs. Right. I, um, because as I mentioned before, I was definitely toying. Oh, that was a football kit I loved. Was the, I got that 91 FA Cup final Spurs kit when I was a kid. That was a uh, firm favourite of mine, that football kit. But, um, I do like Spurs. I've always been, um, I've admirer of them, and you know they've had amazing um, players, haven't they, over the years? Gareth Bale and all those people. But um, they, they would be definitely. um, I've, I always just, you know, when the results come up, I always keep an eye out for Tottenham. Yeah, I'm yet to go to the New Ground. My best friend Matthew's a diehard Tottenham, and he, and he was gonna, he got, he got me a ticket for one of the games. At the new ground for my birthday, and then obviously the lockdown kicked in, and that was all called off. So hopefully, we'll be able to rearrange that because um, have you, have either of you two been to the new stadium at Tottenham?
5: I've,
4: I, I have. I've admired it from afar. I, okay, I removed the word admired. Yeah. Gr- I've grudgingly looked at it and said, "Yeah, well done." I mean, g- yeah, when I you when you go, down, that's gonna be that's your corporate one to go to. Wow, that's that'll that's be the nice, one, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Because, I mean, it's meant to be the best stadium in Europe, right? It's just like, it's just, it looks amazing on the television. It's a brilliant stadium. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: I was the same as you, Dan. I was, I was invited to a game and then the obviously the lockdown came along. But it's one of those grounds. I've, I've never met a person yet who hasn't been, who hasn't said that it's one of the best grounds, if not the best ground that they've ever been to. Because they've got that
3: beautiful stand that just it's like one tier that goes all the way up, doesn't it? I mean yeah. it's apparently yeah. a, a coo- it's been designed acoustically like it's an amazing sound in there it just holds yeah. you know and it's, it's sort of it feels really intimate in there so I can't wait to see that yeah
2: so Danny, we're at the best 11. you've chose, chosen uh, an England eleven to uh, to pick so do you want to talk us through your team
3: yes I would um, this is my team. Again, like for the goalkeeper, I'm like thinking, who do I go for? But uh, it was a dilemma between Peter Shilton or David Seaman. I've gone for David Seaman, safe fans. Right? right? He's my goalie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's quite uh, the presence, so the sense,
4: wasn't he? Yes, David Seaman.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, I think he's he's the one for me. I, but for centre backs, I've gone for Tony Adams and Rio Ferdinand.
4: Nice. See, you're that, the more, you're more the God Ferdinand, God. aren't you, than the Tony Adams with your graceful skills at the back there? That's you, isn't it, Dan?
3: Yeah. I mean, Ferdinand was great on the ball coming out of defence, wasn't he? Gary Neville, right back. Yeah. And left back dilemma: either Stuart Pearce or Ashley Cole. Yeah, t- oh, we have ooh, had some left one. backs, haven't we, to one. pick for? It's a, it's, a, it's,
4: yeah, it's like the, the, a production line of greatness down that left-hand side of ah. fullback, isn't it?
2: So, I think they were both I mean, the,
3: probably the best left backs in the world at that time as well, in in their prime, the, the yeah. It? Well, you've got that die-hard passion, haven't you, from Stuart Pearce? But I'd have to, yeah. for a more complete footballer. Hopefully, I'll never be in a lift with Stuart Pearce when I say this. <laughs> 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 I'd have to go for Ashley Cole because I just think okay. he, he was he was brilliant going forward, wasn't he?
4: I think he's the he's almost like the archetypal modern day fullback, isn't he? Almost invented yeah. the role, yeah.
3: So yeah, Neville Adams, Ferdinand, Ashley Cole at the back, very nice. Moving into uh, nice. midfield, centre midfield, Steven Gerrard. Yep, goes nice. without saying. The Lampard Gerard debate. I'd have to go for Steven Gerrard. Ah, next you've left really
4: Lampard my... out. You've you've
3: not I've confronted let... it. I've not. I've just I've just kicked him to the curb. <laughs> Swerved okay, it. So bye bye, Frank. We love you when <laughs> you're gone.
2: This this Gerrard... is good revenge on the misses for making the boys
3: more <laughs> <watch> Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> <a good laughs> no? yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, next to Gerrard, I've got Paul Skulls. Right, ooh, brilliant on the ball, uh, fantastic player. Um, I've got right midfield. I've gone for Beckham, best crosser in the world of a football. On the left, it was a toss up between uh, Raheem Sterling and John Barnes. Ooh. Now, John Barnes was he was he on the left wing or yes. was he right wing? Yes, yeah, come
4: yeah. in on his right foot a lot, obviously, but he, had, yeah, but he that's did. where you saw him play. Yeah, on the left hand side. Yeah.
3: And, I, and when you think yeah. of John Barnes, you instantly think of that incredible oh, solo goal against yeah. Brazil. And for that goal oh, alone, I was really tempted to go with him, but I'd have to go for Raheem Sterling.
4: He's incredible, isn't he? Ooh.
3: He's yeah. amazing. I mean, he's, you know, I've just gone for Sterling for his pace uh, and his all-round game. So that leaves Gascoigne for the number 10 role. Ooh. Tack- Creativity in the midfield. An attacking side.
4: Nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
3: And then moving into the center full position, I couldn't look no further than Gary Lineker. Yeah. And that's not that's not just because I've had dinner with like, Gary Lineker <laughs> once. That's got nothing to do with it. And he's a die-hard, die-hard theatre fan. That hasn't come into play. Uh, he's just, <laughs> I think, um, he was just a fox in the box, Willie Lineker. And he'd just grab you a goal, wouldn't he?
4: And Gascon and Lineker famously link up brilliantly as well. So that makes perfect sense. And I, see, I'm, yes. I, I'm big on Sterling because what you've done is in there you're embracing this current batch of footballers which have got every chance of being the best batch of footballers in an England shirt we've ever seen, I think.
3: Yes, yeah, totally, yeah. I haven't really gone way back in history, have I? No. I've not gone for a Bobby Charlton or a Bobby Moore or anyone like that but obviously I just never saw them play so I've just got to go with my uh, gut instincts here. And that's, Do that's I have good to good pick a manager? So a, yes, you've got to pick a manager. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, you'd have to go with Bobby Robson. Yeah. Nice. Without a doubt. Yeah. He would be uh,
2: the man. Danny, that is a fantastic England team. Brilliant. Very Dan. attacking. Goals everywhere. Absolutely brilliant. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Danny. Absolutely brilliant, mate. And good Thanks luck for having me when, on, guys. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, Dan. Uh, you're very welcome. Thanks, Danny. Cheers, buddy. The Best
4: 11 podcast from Talk Sport.
2: Thank you for listening to the Best 11 podcast. Don't forget that a new episode's out every Monday and Thursday, so join us for more football memories and another
1: Best 11 very soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with 5 different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.
5: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi.